Are you tired of the same old business advice? Welcome to the Liberated CEO Experience, the podcast that's redefining entrepreneurial success one unscripted and candid conversation at a time. Get ready to soak up unfiltered stories of triumph, failure, and everything in between from trailblazers who are rewriting the rules of the game and building thriving businesses on their own terms. So if you're ready to level up your impact, income, and joy, all while staying true to your unique vision, you're in the right place. This is the Liberated CEO Experience. Welcome back, free-thinking entrepreneurs and liberation seekers. You've tapped into another mind-expanding episode of the Liberated CEO Experience, the podcast that's all about helping you break chain and craft a business that feeds your spirit. I'm your host, Ty Goodwin, and today we're venturing into a territory often considered taboo, creating more freedom by losing your religion. In this episode, listen in on my conversation with the brilliant Aaliyah McDaniel, who was on a mission to quite simply set Black women free. She uses proven practices from her experience as a leader with over 20 years as a school principal, educational consultant and coach, and program director with her BA and MA degrees in sociology and leadership, policy, and politics. Beyond her formal degrees and experiences, she has embarked on an extensive spiritual journey, honing her skills as a life coach, ordained minister, and practicing hoodoo spiritualist. She uses her comprehensive knowledge of Christianity, history, metaphysics, and universal truths to help Black women from traditional religious backgrounds learn to connect spiritually to their natural abilities, spiritual gifts, and higher power. Aaliyah is an individual who has embraced this path of self-discovery, shedding traditional religious constructs in favor of a broader, more personal exploration of spirituality and freedom. And in this episode, we dive deep into the intersection of personal freedom, religion, and entrepreneurship. Aaliyah will share her personal journey, shedding light on how letting go of preconceived religious notions has allowed her to embrace a more expansive view of life and business, creating a greater sense of freedom and personal alignment. So if you you're ready to question, explore, and possibly redefine your own path to freedom, then you're in the right place. Sit back, open your mind, and let's navigate the liberating journey of losing your religion with the insightful Aaliyah McDaniel right here on the Liberated CEO Experience. I've got another amazing guest and another amazing conversation. And this is a little bit different because yes, we talk about being a liberated CEO, but we're talking about business. Then we talk to entrepreneurs. I want to dive today into a spiritual side of things for us because we're entrepreneurs, we're humans, we're people, we're beings that are having an experience in this place. And we don't always take the time to address our spirituality, even though it's something that impacts things on all different kinds of levels. So the topic that we're talking about today is religion restricting your growth. And Aaliyah, welcome. I am so excited because I can't think of another person who I would rather have this conversation with. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so excited to talk about this, not only because this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart as a spiritualist, but also around the interplay with who we are as CEOs and how our religion and our faith structure and our foundation really plays out in the way that we show up as business people. So I'm very excited about this conversation. 
Yeah. And I want to talk about the journey, you know, people call it a faith journey, their spiritual path, however you have labeled it. I want to invite you to take off your glasses, whichever framework that you've been used to seeing things through. I'm not telling you to throw it away, but I want to invite you to take it off and listen from a different place today because, and I was very careful about the wording of this. I took out is your religion because this isn't about judgment of anybody's belief systems, but I just wanted a real conversation about the whole construct of religion period with, especially with everything that's going on now in these times is religion keeping people or how is religion keeping people from the growth that they need, not only to survive, but to thrive. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think it's important that we start off first talking about what is religion, because you can chose five people and they have five different understandings of just even the definition of what religion is. And so for the sake of this conversation, the way that I define religion is it is the cultural construct that we understand God. It's the cultural context that we understand God. So God and divine and spirit just isn't is. It doesn't belong to one people, one one faith, one thing. But the way that we understand and interpret that is very much colored by the faith, the family that you were born into, the ethnicity that you were born into, the time period that you were born into. And so when people can start to see, separate and understand that religion is literally just a cultural construct of how we understand God, then that opens up the conversation for us to explore and to unpack and to see what parts do we need to keep and see what parts are maybe holding us back. Oh my goodness. I'm wanting to dive into the words. I'm a wordy, right? I'm a book lover, same, and, a word lover and words are really important. So one of the words that I thought was really interesting is that you said how we understand God. I say it's how we view God. And I want to propose that because I think that a lot of people don't really understand God at all. Like we don't get to do the work to understand God. We know in a lot of cases, yes. and let's talk about it in the church and a lot of the churches that a lot of us grew up in, we're told there's a book. We're told these are rules that you have to follow to be a part of this community. We're told that this is how you have to show up and how you have to do things. And it has very little to do with understanding how a deity or a God or divine actually works. Yes. It reminds me of, there's a story that might be a Buddhist story, which is funny considering the conversation. And it talks around how it's a group of people and they are blind or blindfolded and there's an elephant in front of them and they're asked to describe what is it that they touch. One person says, oh, the elephant is long and it's rough. Another person says, this really sharp. And another person says, elephant is bushy because it all depends on what they're touching. And neither one of them are wrong, but they all have a limited understanding because they can only touch and feel with instead of what's in front of them. It takes all of their pieces together to even begin to understand the totality of what an elephant is. And I see religion in the same way. And I'm glad that you said it's how we view God and not how we understand God, because viewing means that we have this limited scope. And it's only based on what's in front of us and what we've been exposed to. But understanding is a much deeper level that it takes multiple lifetimes and multiple people to come together to even begin to understand a fraction of what and how God is. So thank you for that. 
And that's what I think is exciting. I was thinking about that the other day, how exciting for us to be in this time and space where people are willing to learn about the totality of the divine or of our creator or however you call what that thing is that you connect to. Because years ago, even five or 10 years ago, especially for people of color, we weren't having these conversations. People weren't stepping away. We weren't talking about shamanism. Like I didn't even really know until a few, like I mean, five years ago that there was a thing called African shamanism. No Mm -hmm. idea. Because you always heard of it as part of Native Americans and that's what it was. And there's this whole African, what mind blown. But we're in such a time right now where people are willing to explore and learn and deepen their understanding that I think that's exciting. I agree with you. And so I'm one, I'm a Gen X people, but I'm not one of those Gen X people. Oh, these kids these days and social media. (laughs) I think it's such a beautiful thing that Mm -hmm. we have Gen Zers and we have millennials and like the gift of social media, it allows us not only to connect with people, but to learn and be exposed to so many ideas that we simply didn't have back in the days when I was growing up with an encyclopedia set and the earth was still cooling and dinosaurs are running the planet. So I think it's a beautiful thing that the time that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I think is really interesting when we take a look at religion and how it shows up in our business, right? Because that's the lens that we get to, we can look through for the conversation today that we're having. And since a lot of us have grown up in a religion that really is based on fear, if you do this, you're great. If you don't do this, you're going to go to hell, right? Mm -hmm. If you do this, you're a sinner. If you don't do this, then you're righteous. And there's all this fear. And I'm always interested in seeing how that fear plays out and how we show up in our business. Absolutely. Can I tell a story, a brief story about how this, so if you've been on my podcast or read anything about me, I've had a long faith journey. I think all of us have it in some ways. And so when I was first introduced in this entrepreneur space, I was very much into wellness and mental wellness and all of that. And I always felt passionate about what I did, but I always felt like something was holding me back. So I was talking about healing and I was talking around being like self-love and self-care, but I always felt like something was not quite 100% me. And I realized through a lot of experiences, what was holding back was me. I was afraid to talk truly and authentically about what my belief system was. So I was talking about the superficial of what is healing and what is self-care and what is self-love, but I didn't mention God and I didn't mention my ancestors and I didn't mention those things because I was afraid of how it would be received by other people. But in that fear, what it also meant was that I couldn't be my authentic self and that people weren't resonating with my authentic self. And instead I was so caught up in, I would say entrepreneur, online entrepreneurism 1.0, where it's like, we all have to look the same way. We have to show up the same way. The coaches are coaching you on how to be the same way. All of our social media, all looks exactly the same. This is the way we're supposed to show up. And you're not supposed to talk about that God stuff, unless you were evangelical Christian, then that was okay. Cause then it could be part of your brand. But if that was not it, then you couldn't be who, cause it would, be offsetting. In order for business to work for me, I had to be my whole self. Mm -hmm. And then in being my whole self, I get to model for others what being their whole selves are and how to actually do this work of not just deconstructing your faith, but also creating your faith in a lot of ways. Oh, wow. Gosh, there's so much to that. It was taboo to talk about the woo-woo stuff for a long time. And I call myself a heathen these days. I I would tell myself all the time, listen, I'm a heathen. I ain't been in nobody's church. Don't have no intentions on being in nobody's church. 
church like I used to because I grew up in it. I grew up very heavily churched. I always tell the joke so much so that I was in college for five years and I did not attend a single party. I was so church. I was in Bible study. I was in gospel choir. I was in choir practice. I was in worship team. But that was my life for the five years that I was in college because wow. I was that like entrenched in yeah. it. And so I know what it's like to have that fear mm-hmm. of being in a religion where that where it is fear-based and have that kind of run your life and run who yes. you are. But yes. here's what's interesting about what you said, just as it was easy to feel inauthentic because you weren't talking about God, I think it's easy for a lot of entrepreneurs to still use God or religion as their crutch and still be inauthentic as well. Yes. And we see that in so much how incongruent their messaging is. And I don't mean incongruent, meaning like, does your social media calendar match the theme of the month? I'm not talking about that. And we see this not just in entrepreneurs, but we see this in broader society where I'm thinking of one particular person. I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to be political, but this person is pretty well known for their political platform and being very religious. And then they were faced with the, I don't think it was a scandal, but something that was incongruent with their faith. And their quote was, we don't need to nitpick the Bible. And I was like, oh, how convenient it is for us to not nitpick the Bible here, but we want to pass legislation here and how that, and there's so much about life that is incongruent. And even if we were to deep dive into the Bible, we know that the Bible is inconsistent and incongruent in a lot of ways, but people don't want to have those conversations. And I think that it's the place of incongruency can be a place of liberation because it can be a place for us to get clear. What do I really believe? And what do I really think? But a lot of people are so afraid of being unpopular or mm-hmm. out of the fold that they want to follow the fake, whatever the podcast bros or passport bros or churchy sisters are saying that they want to follow that same kind of messaging. And it's just, it's sad, honestly. Like I'm not even going to judge beyond what it is, except for that it's really sad because I hate to see people be so structured or so wound up that they can't even be free. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that it's all under something that's supposed to give them freedom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So you're free to do exactly what is my question. There's a lot of folks that are religious or quote unquote faith-based, but when you look at how they operate their business or how they operate their life, it's based on fear. Mm -hmm. And I see people with their quotes, oh, faith and fear can't live in the same mind. And I'm like, yeah, but let's take a look at where you're making your decisions from. You're still making your decisions based on fear. You're still showing up based on fear. And here's the reality of it. It doesn't mean that you have to have things perfected. I always say that we're in an age where I think people want practice, not perfect. Yes. I'm practicing. And so one of the things that I practice is, am I making my decisions out of fear? Or if I really believe that the divine and the universe is my ultimate and infinite source, would I make this decision the same way? Yes. And those kind of questions and that kind of thinking started transforming my business because it started transforming me. Yes. For me, when I started showing up authentically, I was so afraid of repelling people because Mm -hmm. I am, I'm non-Christian. And, you know, in a black community, if you say that, that's the same thing as saying you worship the devil. And that's (laughs) the same thing as saying that you want to smite down the world because I literally have people say to me, oh, so is that what that means? I'm like, you know, there's other faiths out there. There's other belief systems out there. I was afraid of repelling people, but then I had to get honest with myself around who is it that I want to work with anyway? Do I want to work with people who would feel repulsed? 
promotion by me? Do I want to work with people who are on the same journey or on a similar type journey? And so once I got clear and secure in myself, then it actually allowed me to attract my ideal clients. It allowed me to get clear around not only who is it that I want to work with, but on what level do I want them to be at? And I will actually say, this is no shout out our paid sponsorship, but doing your masterclass around quiz to leads really helps me to be even more precise in attracting the right kind of client because it started with the foundation of me being clear around who I am. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stay there for a minute because that's one of the things that I love when I saw the topic for your quiz, right? So tell me about like, so what is the quiz that people can take? What is the quiz that you have? So my quiz is who is your hoodoo spirit guide? And (laughs) yes. And so what's fun about it is that it's not intending to be polarizing, but people have a pretty visceral reaction. We heard hoodoo in at least growing up in the South or growing up with your people from the South. That has a lot of connotation. Hoodoo is always seen the same as voodoo. And both of those are bad or evil or magic or something. But then there's also people that are, again, in this time and place that people are learning and exploring. And we know that it was intentional that we were taught to fear our indigenous practices and our natural magic. And so people are curious around who is my spirit guide? Everybody wants a spirit guide now and everybody wants guidance and leadership. And so what this quiz does for them is to not only answer the question of who their hoodoo spirit guide is, but also helps them to reveal a little bit around what are their fundamental beliefs and where are they in their faith walking on their spiritual journey? And then I have supports aligned with them regardless of where they are, regardless if they're a beginner in hoodoo or a beginner in non-Christianity. And even if you are a Christian and you're just curious, there's still something there for you as well too. Yeah. Yeah. I was so excited when I saw that. And you're right. Hoodoo, hoodoo. We know we were taught and nurtured to believe that's evil. But the funny thing is that when you look at some of the practices that happen in those other spiritual places, for example, the laying on of hands, that is a very, like, that's not a Christian thing. That's a very tribal, you know, spiritual practice and ritual. And even some of the ways, and I'm a, I know if some of you are listening to this might blow your mind a little bit, but even the way that people speak in tongues in black churches. 1,000% is spirit possession. Come on now, talk about it. Can I blow your mind a little bit more? So I think the whole class called is is Hoodoo Safe for Christians. Mm. And what that class does, it shows the parallels between what you thought was church and nothing but good old hoodoo. Even if you look at, I can't remember his name. I'm gonna mess it up. It was Charles Mason, who was the founder of the Kojic Church, was a whole root worker and conjure man, not by us calling him that. That's what he called himself. And there's so many, there's so many things in the church that we consider Mm -hmm. as Christian, the specific to black church and black church actually came from hoodoo first. It's not the other way around. So the ring shout, so we know about what shouting is in church, but the uh-huh. ring shout is a counterclockwise dance uh-huh. that we do that comes from somewhere. The yeah. wearing the whites on the first Sunday, that comes from somewhere. You don't go to a uh-huh. white church. They don't wear white on first Sunday. They don't have a motherboard, but that comes from somewhere. Exactly. Even the herbs and the things that we do and what was called midwives, mm-hmm. more than just birthing babies, it was also the one that was going to get your roots together, that was going to help heal the family that comes from somewhere. Even yeah. the traditions that we do of what do we do on the first of the year? What do we eat on Black the first? Eyes. And you got to have some kind of green leafy vegetable uh-huh. that comes from somewhere. It's not just superstition. So a lot of the things that we just call Black culture or Black church actually derives from a specific religious and spiritual system yeah. that had roots in West Africa, but mm-hmm. was codified and created into an actual religious system here mm-hmm. in the United States for people who are African descendants. And I think it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. I 
love helping to expose people to that. You hear me getting passionate about it, but yes. also letting people know that you've been doing hoodoo all of this time. And if you call this something else, that anointing oil that your grandma used to pray over your head in the corners of your houses, that was intentional. Yeah. Oh, don't take a shower in the storm and turn off all of the lights. That was intentional. That comes from somewhere. So it's exciting oh for me to help in- reintroduce people to oh their yeah. roots and then to not only to reintroduce them to hoodoo, but also to help them to realize that they can have an expansive and experience of God that's not limited to what one faith says. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So many nuggets in there. I have a hoodoo tarot deck and that's where I first learned about the connection between the Kojic and the mm-hmm. Like, what is that in there? Because you mean the Kojic church has a reputation for being very strict. And I was like, what is this doing? Here? And it blew my mind. That was a connection. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing I think about what we don't realize, and if we take a look at the history of the Black church and the tradition and the things like that, a lot of that stuff that we did was to hide. Yes things from the white folks who were watching because they didn't want us to do X, Y, and Z. So we just took it and we Christianized it. (laughs) Yes, because it was dangerous. Up until a few years ago, you can be killed. You can lose your job. So people had to hide it because it was dangerous to do. But unfortunately with the hiding, then we also created a story behind it, right? So 150 years ago, they were consciously hiding, but then that became a very staid and stoic belief around what hoodoo and voodoo was around the 1950s and 60s. And then it became really suppressed and underground. So I'm part of the generation that's bringing it back for us. And I'm so glad. And we need to have more of these conversations in more spaces that allow this because quite honestly, for a lot of people, religion that we grew up with isn't working Mm -hmm. and it hasn't worked. And I know people will say, God shows up and God does this. And we laugh about it with a couple of people in my family. How people say, God, I thank God because he let me find my car keys or he let me find a parking space. I'm like, okay, so seriously. So God chose to not show up for a mass shooting, but he did show up to help you find a parking space. Is that really the belief system that you have? Really? And so what's funny is if you ask that question, people don't even want to answer it because they feel like then it's like, uh-uh, you questioning God, I'm going to get struck down. That's the immediate reaction. And people usually close off their thinking in that. And I remember being a kid. And so I'm one of those rare people that had a beautiful church experience. I had a wonderful church experience, even as I came out and realized that I was gay. I had a beautiful church experience my entire life. And matter of fact, when I was in high school, my biggest dream was to be a nun. Why? And I wasn't Catholic. I was Catholic adjacent, but I thought living a life in service to God was like the most ultimate thing that I could do. But then you start asking things that don't make sense. I remember I went to a non-religious girls school and we had to take a class called the Bible as in literature. And what was cool was because this was not a religious school, we can ask the questions that would be too dangerous to ask in church. (laughs) And so I was like, so help me understand Adam and Eve, because that don't make sense to me. We have only two people and then they have a multiple children. So that means they have to marry each other. Like that doesn't make sense. If you're going to be struck down for not being Christian, then what happens before Jesus was born and what happened in prehistoric times? So like those things don't, make sense. And what happened if you're in a place that they don't have access to the Bible? Are they automatically condemned? And so like, I'm asking these questions. I'm like, one on one is not equal in two. Something is not making sense. And because I'm the nerdy person that I am, and I love study and I love history, I studied. And I don't mean I studied about the Bible. I studied the Bible. And what I mean by that is I had the Bible out. I had the concordance out with it. The big Thomas concordance. (laughs) Now, so you people don't know. And then the old school churches, which I mean, old school, old school Bibles. And so I'm really dating myself. 
Then the old King James Bible, it wasn't just one of these Bibles that you see nowadays. It would often have references and it'll have the concordance notes in it. And if you had a really good one, it's going to tell you what the Greek, Aramaic, or Hebrew word was, then you can go and get those materials and study. And so as yeah. I was studying, I said what the pastor was saying, something that's inside the Bible, and we have created cultural meaning for things that are not even in the Bible. And when I tell you my mind was blown all the time, for example, I'm not going to get into religion or theology, but the story of Sodom and Gomorrah if you talk to a lay person, they'll tell you about God was striking people down because of homosexuality. But if you actually read it yourself, he struck the people down because they were not being hospitable. That's it. And the first thing that he did was offer his servants. Yeah. But, don't, but people don't read and study for themselves. And so it's so honestly, study is what yeah. to free my own thinking and to mm-hmm. unpack around. But what does this mean? And why was this? Mm. If people really get blown away, go ahead and find out not just the story of Adam and Eve, but all the cultures that had the Adam and Eve story and the serpent and the fruit story before Christianity, Absolutely. before Judaism, because those Absolutely. stories come from somewhere yeah. in with Judaism. And when you realize that, your whole mind is blown. Yeah. Once you realize it, it becomes so obvious about how people tell stories and stories are going to be passed down yes. from place to place. And now my journey was a little bit different in that it was a spiritual journey first. I remember throwing away my Bibles and I made my prayer was, I want to know you for myself. And that opened a door to this whole other way of being spiritually connected that for the first time I felt really secure about spirituality. And I wasn't trying to run up to somebody's altar every Sunday because, oh, I told a lie or I did this or I did this. So I'm not, it wasn't that kind of, it was like, oh, I'm so grounded spiritually. And then I went back and I started really understanding and doing more research and reading about how people don't always take the Bible literally because you can't. And I'll tell you, this is a funny story. I said to my sister, I said, we've been hoodwinked and bamboozled. She said, what? I said, remember the story of the Tower of Babel? And they talk about how the reason God made all the languages is because the people were going to be together as one. And God didn't want them to build a tower so high that it would reach the heavens. That's what the story says. I said, that's not even possible. We can't even breathe. (laughs) We can't. If you go even above, if you go to the tallest mountain there is now, there's so many deaths of people even ascending the mountain. Exactly. I'm like, that could never even be possible. And I said, if that's not possible, then what is the real reason to destroy and make all the people disunified? So that was a part of that journey for me. And I started to say, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, this is not something to be taken literally. It's story. And it's some really good story. It's some really good allegory, but it's in the tradition of humans where we like to tell stories to get our point across, whether they're true or not. And once we started recognizing that, it just opened the door. But here's what I love about where we are in this time right now is that we can have this conversation. We can have this yes. conversation as entrepreneurs, knowing that some of us on our entrepreneurial journey, the reason that we're called to do this and to show up this way is because it's going to open a door for more people. Mm-hmm. And I love that about where we are. I love it too. And I think the thing that doesn't get talked about a lot is as entrepreneurs, we're always talking about our clients and our customers and whatever, but 
but behind doors, we know that they're also the other most important relationship that you have is with other entrepreneurs, your pods, your comrades, the people that you are going to who are your fellow entrepreneurs and how we're not just working together, but working to edify each other and working to deconstruct things, whether it's business or personal, but how so important that community and fellowship is. And we get to have these conversations. I was at a retreat in January for a business mastermind I'm in, and I went completely blind faith, meaning I didn't know anybody there. And I'm a serious introvert, y'all. So (laughs) my ideal thing is to stay at home. So I went on the trip that I didn't know anybody. I just showed up. I was a day late, but I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to be there. And I ended up going to brunch with one lady and she has a different business. And on the surface, she looks very churchy and she asked me what I do. And I'm always sometimes, oh, how is this going to be received? And I say, I'm a hoodoo spiritualist and I'm a spiritual coach. But what was beautiful, she's like, well, help me. She started to ask me some of those questions. She's like, you know, one thing I'm struggling with in my faith right now is death. If God loves us so much, and if God, you know, if we say those things, why does God allow us to experience death, especially premature death? Why do we lose our babies? And why do we experience this pain? And in that moment, I got to fellowship with her and I got Mm -hmm. to give her a different perspective that wasn't necessarily challenging her faith, but it brought her comfort and it gave her some understanding and it gave her another way to think about death in the way that she was able to receive it. And so I think around how we show up, not just for our clients, but we show up for each other as entrepreneurs and how we lend our gifts to each other. And that's such a beautiful thing. Wow. So I'm a healer, you know, I'm an introvert, I'm a healer, and I've known this for a while. And I can honestly say that being able to have these experiences with my clients and with the other entrepreneurs that I work with has been a game changer for me. It's the tinglings and the downloads that I get when we're talking and everything is flowing and then the messaging is right because we're able to tap into our intuition. Like those are the moments that I love the most about what I get to do. And so for some people that they're building this business and they're trying to keep it like to what they think it has to be, you're really doing a disservice, not just to yourself because you're not able to tap into all of your gifts, but you're also doing a disservice to your clients who, if you were able to tap into that intuition, if you were able to stop for a moment and read and really understand the fact that you are a healer, yes, it would make what you do even more impactful. And this is something that's interesting for a lot of us, especially for a lot of Black women. We have gifts around healing. And what, do a, a and church what, lap up in here yes. right now. Yes, come on what now. We do, what it looks like when we're not walking in it correctly is it looks like us overburdening ourselves and taking on more stuff. And we're trying to do it in our own strength or quote unquote, the gospel or the Bible strength, which isn't connecting. And so we're overburdened we're overwhelmed, we're angry about it. And so I want to invite some of you who have been in that place that you want to have a bigger impact. I want to invite you to take a different approach to healing and embrace it for yourself so that you can step in and stand in it for the other people that you're called to serve, that you're called to bear witness to, that you're called to engage with because it's a disservice and you're not going to be your most brilliant version of yourself because you're trying to follow a religious model that no longer serves your highest good. Yes. Yes. And so can I offer a tip for people? And like, I hear you, but in my logical mind, I have kids to feed. I have a husband to take care of. I have this, that, and a third, and I don't know how to get started. Here's one thing that is a freeing, easy, and scary and bold step to do. First thing I would challenge people before you even start talking about God is challenge yourself to ask yourself, what is my relationship with busyness? And the reason why I start there is because especially as women, particularly Black women, but I think this is universal for all women, our femme folks, is that 
we are addicted to busyness. We tell ourselves we have to because everybody depends on us. But the reality is if nobody depended on us, we'd still be finding things to fill the space. And we fill the space because we are uncomfortable with knowing who we are without the titles, without the work. And so if you can strip away the busyness and get still somewhere, mm. like a grandma just say, sit down somewhere. <laughs> when you do that, you open up the space to receive and to mm. get information and downloads. But often it's the scariest thing for people to sit down and do nothing. We mm. have to busy our hands because we're afraid of what that truth might be. If who are you? If you are not a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, a this, a that, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. And I ask you to do that to get to know you first because you are an extension of God. You mm-hmm. are God on this planet. Mm-hmm. Even in the Bible, it says that you are made in his image. That means that you are a mirror of God and you can't begin to access the divine until you access the divine in you. And that starts with getting still and challenging mm-hmm. the beliefs you tell yourself mm-hmm. around busyness. Wow. That is really powerful. And I can connect to that on so many levels because it is scary to have to sit with and answer that question. I think the biggest freedom I've gotten in the last, one of the biggest freedoms I'll say in the last year was realizing and accepting that my only obligation is to be the most brilliant version of myself. Yes. Yes. That's it. You know, and we talk about the big thing for us is I got to find out what my purpose is. I got to find out what my calling is. Slow your roll because that's a burden too, right? Yes. On this trek and it's always tied to another person and I got to do this and I got to do this. Take a step back. When I accepted that my obligation is to be the most brilliant version of myself, man, did I tell you that transformed everything? Because then I started asking a different question. You know, what, what's the highest good I can serve? And if my highest good right now is to coach women or to have this conversation around spiritual liberation, guess what I get to do? I get to do that. Do. And in that moment, I am tapping into the divine. I am bridging gateways. I am opening up opportunities and I'm sowing into the people that are waiting to hear these words in this conversation that we're having right now. I don't believe in coincidence. Mm -hmm. Everything that is synchronous is intentional. And what you're saying is reminding me of a class I taught when I say the only person you ever have to forgive is you. You don't have to forgive anybody for anything. The only person that you are challenged to forgive is you. One, because of what forgiveness really means, but also because that's usually the hardest place to forgive. Yeah. In Buddhism, there's a prayer called the Metta prayer. And you start off, it's a loving kindness prayer is what people might ask. And it starts off with, you give loving kindness to the world and then you give it to your family. So it goes down in layers. And the last place you give loving kindness to is yourself. Mm Because that's often the hardest. Mm -hmm. Moms can relate to this. Women can relate. We will give our last Mm -hmm. and do our last for everybody around us. Yeah. And then put ourselves last on that list. It's easier for us to attend to people. What if you reverse that? And that's scary for people, but that's my challenge. And that's, and so we're so in sync with that. I love it. I love it. Now listen, full transparency, because that's just the kind of woman that I am. When we had planned to have this call, we had this amazing topic. We had all this stuff. And when we got to this call today, we could not find our notes. Neither one of us. And it's so funny, like my calendar will show me like when we had the interview, my Google calendar only had this meeting today. 
no other meeting. So I'm like trying to find it in my notes if I could find a date of this and it was not there. And so literally what we said at what I said at the beginning of this conversation is, okay, I'm just, I'm open to it. Okay. What is the thing that we need to have? What conversation do we need to have in this moment? Yes. And we're just going to be here for it. And this is it. So what you've experienced today is that. So if you're listening to this, if you made it through this far, if the thought of hoodoo didn't scare you, <laughs> if a saying, hey, some of that stuff in that Bible, probably not really true. If that didn't turn you off, right? And you've listened this far, I want you to know there's a reason and an intention behind you being a part of this conversation. And I am so grateful that you took the time to listen to this. So Aaliyah, I want you to tell people where they can find you. I want you to tell people where they can definitely take your quiz. And before that, though, I want you to share what is the best word? What is the best? I don't want to say best. What is the most generous word that you can share with people to wrap them in comfort? And I'm asking that because I know these are trying times right now. There's a lot of things going on. What is the most generous word that you can share to wrap people in comfort as we go through things right now? This is what I want you to know. This is coming from my soul. I want you to know that you are perfect already. You are enough already. There is nothing that you have to do to earn being good enough. There's nothing that you have to do to earn connection with God. God is not sitting up on high looking to punish you because you are in perfection already. And knowing that you are in perfection already, I want you to walk like you are in perfection already. Mm -hmm. I want know that you are secure, you are perfect, you are called, you are chosen, and you are doing exactly what you are meant to be doing and to mm -hmm. release the burden of not good enough because you already are because yeah. you have breath in your body, period. I love, love, love that. And that wraps us in comfort. And it also challenges us to let go of the idea that from the Christian perspective, for a lot of us, we're taught something different. We're taught that we're born sinners. <laughs> we're taught that we're unrighteous. Our righteousness is filthy rags. And I remember clearly in prayer, the message that came through was, what if we've never seen you as anything but whole? Mm. And that totally transformed our relationship with God. Because it's very different to come from a place where if you believe that the God that created you now sees you as unworthy, now sees you as filthy and dirty and sinful, that's a very different relationship to have than believing that whatever birthed you, whatever created you, whatever caused you to be, has always seen you only as whole, no matter what you've done, no matter what missteps, no matter what judgment you've placed on yourself, you've only ever been whole in their eyes, that will transform how you view your connection to spirituality. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, so good. So much fun. So we can have more conversation about this. And listen, we will. I'm, I'm going to be doing some things later around brilliant business girlfriends. That is my jam to have these connections and experiences with other women who are on this journey, who are curious, who are learning, who are open. So I can't wait to share more about that. For now, in this space, Aaliyah, share how people can find out more about you, the work that you do, and definitely where they can take your quiz. Absolutely. So the easiest place to find me is on my website. It's very simple, aliamcdaniel.com. That's McDaniel without the S. And my first name is spelled A-L-E-I-A. -A. That's the easiest way to find me. All of my other links are on there. If you're on social media, I am on all platforms as, hey, Mrs. McDaniel, that's hey with three Y's. 
<laughs> and if you know anything about me, I'm a huge Beyonce fan. So that's one not to be Beyonce. But oh, all social platforms, okay. hey, Mrs. McDaniel. I love it. I love it. So in the show notes, we're going to have that link for you. We're also going to have the link where you can take that quiz and find out who your hoodoo guide is. It has been my absolute pleasure to spend this time with you. I have loved this conversation and thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for you. And thank you for being obedient to your spirit. And thank you so much for this conversation, because I know it'll set a lot of women free. So thank you. Love it. Love it. Thanks for hanging out with us for today's episode. Check the show notes at tygoodwin.com for links and resources. And be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you found value in this episode, please leave us a rating. Until next time, be brilliant, be bankable, and show up like a boss in your life and your business.